Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural. There's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. Hello, how's it going? How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're surviving. Spring has come for those that are in Canada, in Ontario, um, which is the majority of my of my listeners. Um, it, it has been beautiful. Actually, the long weekend is this weekend, the May 2-4, and it is probably going to rain. How, and I'm not working, so one weekend I'm actually not teaching. I don't teach on long weekends. But that's okay. I'm I'm very happy that I will have a weekend off and I will get to have like three or rather probably two full days of just chilling um, and doing some stuff around the house and cleaning up my garden and whatnot. So, I mean, hopefully it won't rain too much. But I have started to try and do a little bit of positive thinking, positive energy, positive work, um, which I think is, is hopefully helping. I mean, I've been at it two days. It's not, no miracles have happened. Um, but I am taking a course right now and there goes my dog walking across clickety clackety. Thanks Jack. Cause as soon as I turn on the record button, there he goes. Um, I was, when I was teaching hypnobirthing last week or earlier this week, um, and uh, I had to lay down uh, blankets and whatnot on the on the hardwood so that if he got up in the middle of the class that he wouldn't uh, start clickety clacking and disturb a fear release or <laughs> whatever. Anyways, so um, what am I doing? So I am taking a course right now to help me put a class online, to put a business online. Um, to do more virtual work because I really actually do enjoy this virtual work and I think I'm actually really good at it. Um, I realize in the, I realized this on Monday actually in after teaching uh, my final hypnobirthing private class is that I really enjoyed that back and forth talking about things and you know making things make more sense for people and, and helping them to uh, you know, make the best decisions for themselves to give them the information. And, and I love that talk and I love that chat and that back and forth and whatnot. It's, I think it's really helpful. Um, and I really like it. And I mean, who doesn't want a job that they love, right? So, um, this week has been, so on Monday or actually on the weekend, I had sat down and I, I planned out my whole week, you know, taking this course, uh, doing some recording. I had recorded a class or a, a workshop, I guess. I mean, what would you call it? It was a video on, uh, labor induction, medical induction, which I guess I still need to sort of do on this particular, on this podcast, but I'll get to that later. 
Um, but after I did it, mm, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> it really wasn't all that good. So uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, first off, I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I uh, sort of fell over my words and things like that. And it didn't flow like it usually does with my classes. So, and I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Even though I had some really good information, I, I know I sort of jumped back and forth. It's like when you, you know, you write a speech for school and you stand up, you know, in front of the class to say it. And then the teacher says, you can't use your notes. And you're like, don't, they're like, don't read off your page. And you're like, okay. Um, and you're quickly trying to scan to see, you know, where you are and what you were supposed to have said because you didn't memorize the whole thing. Ugh. Anyways, that's kind of how it felt. And doing the, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, and then tripping over and then saying things twice and uh, it just wasn't good. So I think what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to start with a couple of free videos that I'm going to put onto the website. And one of them is going to be on uh, what to take to the hospital. So we went over this, we go over this in my class, um, but I thought I'd go over it here since I do actually have people that are not in my class that listen to this. Uh, I actually have, so my, my, okay, don't get too excited, you know, 10 listeners, but we actually have 12 listeners now. So, you know, let's, let's say a big hello to those new people that are listening. I appreciate you. And apparently... I'm charting, I'm on the charts in Bermuda. So if you're listening in Bermuda, holy cow, love you, thank you. And email me, birth, birth and parenting things at gmail.com. Email me, tell me what's going on. How, how are things going? Um, are there any topics you want to hear about? Very excited. Anyway, so that probably one listener has put me on the charts in Bermuda. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, what else? Oh, I had a, I reached 200 downloads. So certainly I'm not burning up the world, but uh, I don't care. It, it's good. I'm, I'm happy about that. And since I'm, you know, making this a little bit more freestyle than the rigid stuff I was doing in the beginning, it makes it a little bit easier to get through. I will admit, though, finding it a little difficult to release on a Wednesday, um, unless I can get a couple of uh, podcasts sort of in the can so that I can, you know, actually have some time to do it. Because my Mondays, my Tuesdays are very, very busy. And then my Thursdays or Fridays are usually busy with my other podcasts that I do, uh, the Pragmatic Doulas. So it's becoming a little bit difficult. But anyways, if you hang in there with me, we will try and find a, a schedule that will work for me. So the other thing that's been going on this week is I've sort of been hit in the face with the sandwich generation. So do you know what that is? It's kind of an old colloquial, not colloquial, it's kind of an old um, saying where, you know, you are the meat within a sandwich. You still have your children to look after, but you also have your elderlies that you look after too. So you're the baloney in a generational sandwich. And I was kind of hit in the face with this this week. I had, as I say, I had sat down on the weekend and planned out my week and was very excited to get started with this course. 
and do some recording and and get this business of mine you know online and and doing well and 8 30 Monday morning I get a call from one of my elderlies my uncle you know that there's he needs some help with his thermostat because his house is designed and the thermostat and and air conditioning and whatnot it makes no sense it's not it's not like a regular you just turn the turn everything off at the thermostat and then turn everything on at the thermostat doesn't quite work that way so I guess things had started to get a little bit heated for him and hot so he decided that he wanted to uh actually I needed to come over and do that I'm like but I have a plan and normally on Mondays I really do a lot of I do a lot of my email back and forth I do you know I try and do some stuff around the house um it's kind of my me day because I work on Saturday it's kind of my day to get things done Sunday is my do nothing day and Monday is my do day do day anyways so I had to, I mean, I didn't necessarily drop everything because he said, he answered the phone, or I answered the phone and he said, are you working today? I'm like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I work every day. Like there isn't, there aren't really moments where I'm not working unless I'm like consciously sitting on my couch playing Stardew Valley. But, you know, yeah, I'm kind of working all the time. So I went through and I subsequently had kind of created for myself an hour of time between doing my emails in the morning and then starting to do uh, some work on this recording and so I managed to sort of whip over there but it's like I just want some time where I can sit down and do stuff for me but you can't do that because you are the important part in this whole sandwich you are the thing that is holding it all together and it's frustrating, but it's necessary. I mean, these are our elderlies. These are our children. These are the special, important people in our lives. And the, this is who we have to, you know, this is, I've made the conscious decision to look after them. So then I was coming, was I coming home or was I going to his house? I don't know. But usually I call my mom when I'm in the car because it's a, some good time to just, you know, it's an open space time where I can either listen to podcasts or music or call my mother. So, oh no, this was yesterday. I called her yesterday when I was driving to the grocery store because Tuesdays I go grocery shopping. And she starts talking to me for, I won't lie, the 15th time telling me about how, um, 12 to 17 year olds can now get vaccinated for COVID great, I know this. And according to everything that I've read, May 31st is the day when I can start signing up. Unfortunately, May 31st is also the day I'm supposed to take my other son to actually get his COVID shot, my 19 year old. So I'm not sure how that's going to work because it took me five hours to get the two boys actually uh, an appointment or at least two, two hours, two and a half hours for the second, two hours for the first, I guess. But like, seriously, so I had told her last week, and this is how, this is how my mother is. I don't know if anybody else's mother is like this, but this is how my mother is. She, I told her like last week when she brought this up, I was like, mom, look, I'm not talking to you about this anymore. Like I can't do this anymore. 
I need you to not be worrying about my daughter. I've got that under control. This is my job to do that. And I am looking after it. Like, honest to God, just stop asking me. Stop talking to me about it. So then yesterday, she says, I know that you told me, you know, that, you know, not to worry about it and or not to talk to you about it. But um, if you knew that I said this, then why is there a but? Why are you going to proceed forward with this? Why? Why? <sighs> if I ever do this, I swear to God, I hope my children would smack me in the head. Anyways, so she starts going on, well, they're letting it happen in Peel region. She can get, she could get vaccinated in Peel. Like, Mom, I don't live in Peel. I don't live in Peel region. I live in Toronto. I live in Scarborough. I don't live in Peel region. Oh my God. She goes, oh, I know, but stop with the butts. Stop with the butts. You know, my parents had this, my parents used to have this thing where they hated people who they called the why don't you's. They were the why don't you people. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? She's a why don't you? She's a why don't you person. However, she doesn't use the word why don't you? Oh my God. I just realized that. Anyways, I don't know if it's an age thing or whatever, but anyways, so last night, <laughs> this is, how, this is why I'm evil. Last night, she, uh, um, I got a, a, this is, the mom grapevine is amazing. So I noticed on, um, I noticed on Facebook, a, a friend, not even really a friend, like I know her from years and years ago, I taught her a prenatal, private prenatal class. Um, but anyways, we've been Facebook friends for a very long time, 15 years, maybe at this point, well, maybe 12 years at this point. But um, she posted that her daughter was getting vaccinated and I know her daughter's not 16 yet or definitely not 18. So I'm like, well, where is it? So she sent me, she posted the flyer, but I went on that website and it didn't work. And I'm like, oh, it didn't work. There's no, there's no appointment. So then she sent me another link and there were like tons of appointments. So I managed to get my daughter an appointment uh, for tomorrow. So I'm very excited about that. And I moved up my other son's appointment to tomorrow as well. I was able to, to do that. Um, and I didn't tell my mother. I, I told her that I needed to, for her, her to pick up my son tomorrow from, from work, but I didn't tell her why. So she's been stressing about this for so long and I'm actually making it happen. And I didn't tell her, I know that's so mean. I know that's so mean. I think I'm just waiting for the point where she does another why don't you or brings it up one more time and I say, well, the kids are already vaccinated. Maybe that's what I'm doing. Oh my God, that's so mean. Oh, well, I'll probably tell her tomorrow, whatever. Anyways, um, so being in the sandwich generation is exhausting. And if you have... Um, young children, you know this. If you have elderly parents, you know this. Um, and it's okay to say it's exhausting because it bloody well is. So that's kind of where I've been sitting the last couple of days, the last week. So let's do this. I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm just gonna do 
because I have to take my I have to take my son to his appointment shortly. Um, but I thought I'd go over a what to pack what to bring to the hospital list. And uh, you can find this on my website, torontodoolagroup.com slash resources. There is a uh, what to take to the hospital list there. And eventually I will have a video about this. And I'm very excited to do that. So I'll probably record that on Friday. Um, and it will be, uh, there'll be a link to it on the website as well. Not on the resources page, but uh, on a freebies page. All right. So that's, that's up and coming. And now that I've said it, it actually has to happen because mm, I saw it. So when you are packing to go to the hospital, try to make sure you're packing for comfort, you're packing for necessity, but you're not packing like you're going to Europe for three months. Okay. You don't need to bring everything in the kitchen sink. Some hospitals will have things for you there that you don't necessarily need to bring with you, but let's, let's talk a little bit about what to bring. So you'll definitely need to bring your healthcare card or your insurance card or any hospital paperwork that you've been given to bring. Maybe you have a hospital card, um, but in Canada, um, we have our OHIP card or our healthcare card, and that's for Medicare or our, our universal healthcare system. And that is usually kept in your purse, but sometimes the one thing that is forgotten when you run out of the house in labor is your purse. So make sure that you bring that with you. Make sure you bring all your paperwork and everything that you need with you. Um, in Canada, you will still be able to be admitted without your healthcare card, but they're definitely going to want to get it so that they can get paid. Um, something to wear in labor. So what do you wear in labor? You know, there's literally no law anywhere written that says you have to wear the blue gown or that hospital gown, which is, you know, for the most part, not necessarily the best thing. There was a, I don't know the study anymore, but I did read somewhere, um, a study a long, long time ago that indicated that that indicated that um, when you put the hospital gown on, it kind of throws you into the mindset of being a patient. However, this is the one time that, you know, for the most part, you're going to go to the hospital, not because you're sick, but because you're just having a baby. So you don't have to put that gown on if you don't want to. Now, when you get an epidural or if you decide to get an epidural, obviously the gown is going to make sense because it will open in the back and give them access to your back. But you don't have to wear it up until that point if you choose to. So wearing an oversized shirt or a yoga top or a swim top or something can be, you know, very comfortable. Anything that can be easily removed, lightweight, so you're not sweating too much, things like that um, can be very helpful. And of course, anything that you want to wear, maybe if you get into the tub, if your hospital has access to tubs and showers. A lot of times I've found, you know, irregardless of what you choose to wear in labor, the more labor progresses on, the more naked you get. You just seem to, you know, clothing comes off or clothing doesn't go back on after checks and things like that because you just don't care anymore and that's okay. You'll definitely want to make sure that you wear something on your feet. So flip-flops, sticky socks, something. Don't walk around a hospital in bare feet. Um, you want to have something on your feet per se, but not your nice slippers, okay? Remember, birth is not the cleanest thing. There's all manner of schmutz and stuff coming out of you. So make sure that you're not bringing, you know, your nice slippers and, and your nice footwear and things like that. 
Um, and if you just bring like those cheap flip-flops, like shower shoes and things like that, they can be thrown out afterwards if they're not, if they weren't too expensive. Um, on my list, I also have here unscented massage oil or lotion. So if you are going to do any uh, massage or things like that during the labor, you want to make sure that you're doing it with either over clothing or with a friction barrier, because in labor, you can actually rub yourself raw um, and we don't want that to happen. So you'll need something to actually sort of, uh, as I say, a friction barrier. I, as a doula, usually do it over clothing. I don't usually get involved in oils or lotions or anything like that, but um Overclothing is usually sufficient. Tennis balls are great uh, for a massager. Um, massager, pressure, putting uh, counter pressure into your back, things like that. They're very good for that. Um, and I mean, they're cheap for, for the most part. However, keep in mind that if you are going to bring uh, tennis balls as a massage tool, that if they're brand new that you wash them first because sometimes especially the cheaper ones can have a very chemical smell to them and again everything in your body becomes hypersensitive including the sense of smell so this is not the time to try new deodorants or anything like that and you definitely don't want to be sort of repulsed by the powerful scent of a tennis ball um lip balm so lots of breathing in labor and uh, hospitals are notoriously dry as well so make sure that you are that you have the lip balm and make sure that you know exactly I mean you'll the birthing parent is going to know exactly where it is but the partner should probably know where it is too um, I've certainly seen at the height of a contraction a birthing parent tell the partner within you know two square inches of uh, within the bag of where the, the lip balm is. So you should have somebody else who knows where it is too, so that you're not having to direct people. Um, hair ties, elastics. If you have long hair, make sure you have something that's going to hold your hair back with. Very important, especially as labor progresses on, things might start to get hot, um, especially during pushing. Your hair is probably going to piss you off by the end of your labor. So tying it back, um, can be helpful and, and keeping it off your face. Cell phone and charger. You want to make sure that you remember to bring your charger. We don't know how long you're going to be there at the hospital. And uh, having a charger, especially if your phone is going to be the main picture taker for your for your family and this you know new human coming into your world, make sure that you have your charger and that everything is charged. And make sure that there is space on your cell phone for taking pictures. Okay, You don't want to be... Um, deleting pictures of last week's lasagna and all the while missing the first few moments of your baby's life. So make sure that you have everything cleaned up in there so that you can just take photos. Phone lists for who you're going to call. Some people will actually do, especially those with lots of family and lots of friends, will do a uh, phone tree. So they'll tell this person and that person will tell all these people and that person will tell all these people and so on. And that way, you know, you're sending out maybe two or three e emails or texts or whatnot and not, you know, and with the, we will contact you. We will send out more announcements after baby comes, you know, please leave us alone. <laughs> Obviously said a little bit nicer. Um, please leave us alone until, such time because if not your phone is just going to be ringing and vibrating and blowing up 
All right. What else have I got here? Pillow. Pillow, pillow, pillow. Pillows. Pillows. Double. Most hospitals have one pillow that you will be given, and that's for the birthing parent, the person who is actually the patient. But for the partner, no pillow for you. So you want to make sure that you bring pillows and make them sort of obnoxiously bright colored. Most hospital linens are white, so you don't want your pillow to get mixed up with the hospital pillow. And you'll want to have one not only for the birthing parent, but also for the partner as well, especially if an epidural is coming into play and, and for the postpartum period, you'll want to make sure that you, you will have a place, hopefully you will have a place to, to lay down and sleep um, during those downtimes. So it'll be important that you both have a pillow. The reason we ask for that second pillow for the birthing parent is because if at any point in time, you know, you need to put something between your knees to create some space to move baby down, things like that. And I'll talk about the wonders of a peanut ball at another time, but these can, uh, having the hospital pillow sort of folded up between your knees can help mimic that, um, without using your own pillow and also still allowing you to have a pillow. Most hospitals also have nothing for comfort like heat or cold. So having a heating pad or a hot water bottle, or even I actually like the ice bags. If you bring a couple of ice bags, those old fashioned ones where it's like a, you unscrew the top, put ice in and it, it looks like a bag. And then that can be used for ice and most hospitals have ice machines. However, these are really good for heat as well. I find in hospitals that hot water bottles, the water in hospitals doesn't get really, really hot um, in case it burns a patient. So it might be just, it won't be like super hot, which means if in a hot water bottle that's very thick walled, it may not make, the heat may not come through to the temperature that you'd like. So those ice bags can be really helpful and uh, or those ice bags used with the hot water at a hospital can be very helpful. The only time you wouldn't necessarily use heat or cold is in the case of having an epidural because especially for heat you wouldn't necessarily be able to feel um, if things are too hot so you could potentially burn yourself. So make sure that you aren't using any of these uh, uh, tools if you have an epidural. Um, overnight sanitary pads. Most hospitals will have um, pads and whatnot to utilize during the labor for bloody show and amniotic fluid and things like that. But if your hospital does not, you'll need to make sure that you bring some of those. And of course, some uh, old underwear as well to, to utilize. Again, hospitals in Toronto generally have pads and they generally have, um, or in Ontario actually, um, generally have uh, disposable underwear and whatnot that you can utilize as well. But if you do not, uh, there are definitely kits and whatnot that you can get, I think, online um, for the labor itself. So something to look into if you would like. Um, what else do we got here? iPod speakers. These are really good for, again, playing some music, playing some playlists, um, making, you know, creating an atmosphere for yourself in the labor, having the lights dimmed, having music playing or mantras or meditations or things like that. I think those are really good for, as I say, creating that environment. And I will say too, I, I seen, I actually saw last week, a doula ask about a birthing playlist for her client. Now, I don't do this 
I do not do playlists personally for my clients. And the reason is, is because music is very, very personal. What your musical tastes are, very different from somebody else's. And this music doesn't have to be like spa music with, you know, birds chirping and waterfalls and whatnot in the background. You can use whatever music you like. If it's upbeat, dancey in the beginning of early labor, great. Something a little more sedate and calming that's going to put you into a really relaxed state at the end. But that music is going to be whatever you particularly want it to be. All right, what else have I got here? Um, toiletries for both the birthing parent and the partner, 100%. Um, toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant. You might want to feel a little bit more human, um, especially towards the end of the labor or after baby is born. And particularly for the birthing parent, toothbrush and toothpaste in your labor bag because sometimes vomiting will occur in labor and just brushing your teeth or rinsing your mouth out with some mouthwash or things like that can be very helpful as well for allowing you to feel maybe a little bit more human and less gross. Food for both of you as well. Most hospitals will feed the birthing parents, but they won't feed the partner. So bringing snacks, and especially in this day and age when you are uh, not allowed in some hospitals, not allowed to have a second support person, you are also oftentimes not allowed to leave the hospital to go get food. You might be able to go to the cafeteria. I know there are hospitals in Toronto that are not allowing you to leave the unit. And if you do, that's it. You go home, which is dumb on so many levels. Thankfully, my hospital doesn't do that. But it's definitely bring food, bring light snacks, bring something for both of you to eat because you can actually eat with an epidural, as we may have mentioned in a previous episode. But both of you should be eating, staying uh, well-fed, well-hydrated. Most hospitals will have water and ice machines, so you don't need to bring drinks, but you'll definitely need to bring some food for both of you. And of course, a change of clothes for both of you for after the birth. Um you should have a change of clothes for both of you. Again, you might want to have a, you know, just a change of shirt, uh, change of clothes um, for the birthing parent, putting on some comfortable clothing. You could certainly stay in the blue gown if you want to, but you can definitely change into something else as well afterwards. Now for after, when you get into postpartum, you want to pack for the postpartum area like you're going to a hotel for a weekend. So stuff, comfy clothes to wear in the hospital, usually your pajamas, um, slippers, robe, things like that. Loose, comfortable clothing for going home with. We want to make sure that you're not putting too much pressure on your abdomen. Lots of that full coverage granny panty underwear. Just embrace the granny panty underwear. I know some people will wear um, disposable underwear or incontinence underwear, and that's totally fine, but... Um, I may talk at another point as to why I don't think that those are actually probably the best things, um, especially for the early first few days, first couple of days uh, after birth. But if you wear those with your pad, that's totally fine too. Enjoy the full coverage of the granny panty underwear. Seriously, thongs are kind of dumb. Um, and there's a lot going on down there. You're going to need and enjoy the full coverage. Trust me. Nursing bra and pads. 
Absolutely. Um, if you are going to buy a nursing pad or a nursing bra prior to having your baby, try not to buy too many, uh, maybe buy just one, because ultimately when your mature milk comes in, we don't know how big you're going to get. You could go up one size, you could go up three sizes. We don't know. So it's not a bad idea to uh, maybe buy one or buy others after um, you have your milk has come in and you, you feel a little bit more comfortable with nursing. Overnight sanitary pads, some hospitals will supply these for you, but you're definitely, I always say to bring some, sometimes they'll supply you some for say a 24 hour uh, stay in the hospital, but maybe if you have a cesarean birth, you'll need to be there a little bit longer. So I would pack some anyways, even if your hospital does have some. Um, earplugs, absolutely. You'll hear your baby. You don't have to hear everybody else's baby. And of course, hospitals will have, you know, they're They'll have announcements or, you know, paging and whatnot, even in the middle of the night. This is not the 50s where everything is sort of shut down in the middle of the night. Stuff is still happening. You'll also need stuff for baby. So sleepers for baby, um, including hat, blanket, diaper shirt, uh, anything to wear. And you'll want, your baby doesn't need like a ton of clothing because odds are when you are at hospital, they'll either be skin to skin with you, feeding with you, uh, skin to skin with your partner or swaddled and whatnot. But you'll definitely need something for going home. And I would say if you've looked at any sort of zero to three month size clothing or, you know, newborn clothing, you'll probably see that if you look at two completely different brands, the sizing is vastly different. So you'll want to bring something that's on the smaller size and you'll want to bring something that's maybe on the bigger size because again, ultimately we don't know how big your baby is going to be. I mean, we can have a general guess, but we don't want anything that's going to be too small for baby. If you are driving, you will also need to bring a car seat. Most hospitals will let you go back and get the car seat after. You don't have to, um, you don't have to bring the car seat in with you. My hospital that I'm in, actually, you only need a car seat if you're actually getting into a car. We have a very pedestrian hospital and they recognize that some people will walk and whatnot. So if you are, if you're check with your hospital, if you are someone who doesn't even have a car, are you going to be walking to the hospital? Are you going to be um, taking the bus or a subway to the hospital? If you are getting into a car, a taxi, an Uber, whatever, you need to make sure that you have a car seat, right? Um, and you'll need to have whatever you can put into a diaper bag. So a small package of newborn diapers, which may be more than you need. However, again, we don't know how long you'll be staying there for. You'll need wipes, um, barrier cream like Vaseline or coconut oil um, for baby's bum. And of course, you know, whatever else you might need. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my general list for what to take to the hospital. You'll also want to consider things for your own comfort. So if you wear glasses, you'll need to make sure that you, or contacts, you'll need to make sure you bring your glasses and your contact solution. If you know you're getting an epidural and there's going to be sort of a lag time and where you're not resting or sleeping, then you'll want to make sure that you bring um, like an iPad, a tablet, or your computer, or have on your phone something to watch. Um, make that something to watch funny though. Don't, don't make it serious stuff. 
And if you are choosing not to feed baby at the chest, then you're going to have to make sure that most hospitals will not supply formula unless it's for a medical reason. So if you're choosing not to um, feed your baby at the chest, you're going to need to bring formula and bottles and whatnot with you. If you are choosing to feed baby at the chest, you do not have to bring uh, a pump or formula with you because if there is an issue with feeding baby, then it becomes a medical issue while you're at the hospital and they will supply any supplementation and they will supply a pump for you. Um, I'm not sure what, those are kind of the only things that I often get asked about. I can't think of anything else that might, uh, that you might want to bring with you. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that's my list. I hope it was uh, beneficial for you. And as I say, I'm going to put together a video for this as well for my, uh, class, my online classes and yeah, that's it. All right. So I got to get ready now and take my son to his vaccine appointment and hope that he gets the same uh, side effects that I got when I got mine, which is none. I had a sore arm, but that was pretty much it. And yeah, I hope everything is going well with you this week. If you want to hit me up with some, you know, questions, comments, concerns, birth and parenty things at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Toronto Doula Group. And I want to give a big, huge thank you to all of you for listening. I super appreciate it. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And, you know, rating it is very helpful for me. It actually helps me sort of move it along. Um, and tell your friends if you think it's beneficial, if there's a, if there's an episode that you liked that might speak to one of your friends, particularly the postpartum mood disorder one, please feel free to let anybody know about it. We are on most major podcasting platforms at this point now. We, me. Um, so yeah, I hope you have a great day and I hope every, I hope the sun is shining where you are and that spring is showing up for you. And I hope everybody has a really great long weekend for those that have it. Bye.